If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, verse 1 and following Ephesians chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I want you to think of this. Uh, has there ever been in your life someone that you wanted to be like? I wanted to be like, now some of you are going to look at me and, and think I'm too young to understand who this is, but I heard stories and I have saw videos, but I wanted to be John Riggins of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know who that is. Okay, everybody older than me. Anybody younger than me? Know who, you, Hunter knew who John Riggins was. He was, uh, maybe, here's a modern day illustration, the bus out of Pittsburgh, Jerome Bettis, okay? Uh, I wanted to be like John Riggins, and when I was in Pop Warner football, I wanted to be a fullback, because fullbacks run, and they run over people, and they score touchdowns, and they get their names in the papers. So I realized I was too big to be John Riggins. And so then, I, who do I want to be like? Well, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was an offensive line from Dallas, maybe it was Leon Lett, uh, or the other one. There were two offensive linemen in Dallas, like, I want to be like that guy. So... What do you do when you want to be like somebody? You watch them. You study them. You try to do everything that they want to do. As a young teenager who didn't have a girlfriend at a time, I noticed that a lot of the girls my age, they like George Clooney. This was back in the day. This was a long time ago. Okay, this is George Clooney when he was younger. Of course, he's still good looking from what I've been told. So I got my hair cut like George Clooney. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> that reaction's not so different from what it was back then. Because I still didn't look like George Clooney. <laughs> when we want to look like somebody, we imitate him. Whether it's our favorite sports figure, a favorite singer, a favorite dancer. I had the great privilege of being imitated this week by a lot of children who wanted to dance like me. At vacation, excuse me, we're Baptist, who wanted to move liturgical uh, like me. So we imitate, and we asked the children this week to imitate what we did. And uh, this morning on Father's Day, I thought it would be fitting for us to talk about how to imitate our Heavenly Father. Uh, to how to look like God who created us in His image. So if you have your Bibles, we're just going to, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to kind of work through it, kind of a verse at a time as we go through. Uh, but verse 1 of chapter 5 says this. Therefore, the Apostle Paul is writing instructions to the church in Ephesus. Therefore, be imitators of God as his beloved children. Be imitators of God as his beloved children. If we are going to call ourselves Christian, if we are going to claim to follow Jesus, we need to look like Jesus. We need to look like our Heavenly Father. And as you continue to read in verse 2, how do we do that? We look like God by loving like Jesus. Verse 2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. There's a singer from the 60s, maybe 70s. Her name was Jackie DeShannon. Anybody remember her? Do I have that last name right from the 60s? She she understood this because she recorded a song. What the world needs now is 
Ah, see, she understood what the world needed. You see, the world doesn't need people to imitate or to look like their favorite politician. The world doesn't need people to regurgitate sound bites off their favorite radio show or their favorite TV show. What the world needs is love. And not just any kind of love. The Bible says the love of God as demonstrated through Jesus. The Greeks had a word for love. They had lots of words for love. Uh, the most impactful one was this agape love. And the Greek people said that there's no way to use that word because no one can achieve that unconditional love for anybody else. It was a very rare word in Greek writings and Greek dialogue because they couldn't achieve the unconditional selfless acts of love in their humanity. But yet Jesus demonstrated to us an unconditional love as he died for his enemies, as he died for his, as for sinners. So the world needs less of us imitating the world and more of us imitating the love of Christ, which is sacrificial, which is giving up our wants and our desires and our agendas to love people the way that Christ loved people. And since it is Father's Day, Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, listen men, because y'all like the verses before this one. Okay, but listen to this one. This one's important. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you want to be a father who imitates your heavenly father, this is a good place to start. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ died and hung on a cross in a sacrificial act of unconditional love. And I'll say this, wives, mothers... You can submit to a husband who loves you like Christ loves the church. Where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. You can submit to a husband who will love you like Christ loves the church. But if you have a husband who does not love you like Christ loves the church, don't submit to him. I mean, that's, that's just it. He needs to love you the way Christ loves the church. By giving ourselves up for others. As Christians, Jesus gives us a new commandment in John 13. I give you a, a new commandment. I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Now, remember, we're in the Gospel of John, and he's writing much later in time than any of the other Gospel writers in a time when the disciples of Jesus are being brutally persecuted. They are being hunted down, beaten, put in prison. There be, uh, there's stories you can read in extra biblical uh, material where they're put into the Colosseums and animals are ripping Christians to shreds. There's a Roman Empire lighting, putting Christians up on torches and lighting his courtyard with Christians. And John, the disciple of Jesus, an eyewitness says, love them. Love them. And you might be sitting there and be thinking, how can I love somebody who's putting my friends in prison who are killing them? Well, how can Jesus love you, a sinner? And yet he did. Do you want to know how Christianity took over the Roman Empire within 300 short years? Because the early disciples followed this command. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know you are my disciples. When we love people like Jesus, it is far different than anything else the world sees. 
It is far more impactful than anything else that impacts the world. These persecutors would see these disciples loving those who were beating them. And people were coming to Christ in droves. No matter how hard Satan through the Roman Empire and through Jewish leadership of the day tried to eradicate Christians, they continued to love people and people continue to follow Jesus. And around 300 uh, A.D. or so, Christianity took over the world because disciples chose to love. They did things like forgiving other people, Ephesians 4.32, loving and giving financially to ministries and, uh, and Christian organizations. They loved by spreading the gospel. They loved by serving others. They loved by being patient. They loved people who annoyed them. That steps on my toes a little bit. Y'all know these annoying people in your life. Love them. Love them. They loved by repenting of racism and displaying love to different kinds of people groups. We spent a lot of time in John chapter 4 talking about that. They loved by helping the poor and the sick people. During the Black Plague, when everybody else was running out of these towns and villages to get away from that disease, Christians ran in to serve those people. A lot of Christians died because of it. But while the world was running away from them, Christians were running to them because they loved them so much. We love by serving in our local schools. We love by not judging other people. We love by holding each other accountable. If we want to look like God and imitate Him, then we need to do what He has told us to do, and we, that is by loving like Jesus. But then there's another section that starts that says we are to be like God by being holy. Or by living in the light. Look down at verse 8, if you will, of chapter 5. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of the light. Leviticus says that you, God's people, that you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, am holy. We have a book. This is our book. This tells us everything that we need to know about imitating our Heavenly Father. We need to study it. We need to immerse ourselves in it and saturate our souls with the Scriptures. And we need to do what it says to do. We need to follow the commandments that Jesus has set forward for us. Not in a rigid, legalistic kind of way, but out of a desire to be like our Father, we, we strive to look like Him. The Apostle Paul in uh, our text today gives us several things. He lists them starting in 5 verse 3. I'll read them to you. He says, But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not be heard of among you, as is proper for saints. Obscene and foolish talk or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. Verse 5, for know and recognize this, every sexual immoral and impure or greedy person who is, an, who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. And you can look down in verse 18 uh, for another one of these that he adds. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. 
These are just a few of the things that the Apostle Paul says, if you do this, if you live like this, you're not imitating the Father. Sexual immorality and sexual impurity is sinful. And I know what month it is. It's sinful. With the risk of being purged from Facebook, the rainbow is about a promise, not about pride. It's about a promise of a loving God who loved his people enough to leave a remnant through Noah and his family. It was a promise not to destroy the world again that way because he loved his people. I know that the story of Noah is a very tragic story. But the love of God shines brightly through it, through Noah in that boat. See, God could have wiped everybody out. You know that, right? But he loved the world. He loved humanity so much that he left a remnant, a faithful man and his family who were at the time very faithful. I know they strayed a little bit down the road. That's how much God loves us. And God is very patient with us today. When you look around, things like covetousness, we become uh, wanters of people's things because we lose sight that God has given us all that we need. We look around and say, well, I wish I had that or I wish I had this. Instead of looking at what you don't have and what you want, why don't you focus on what God has already given you? Corrupt speech, many of us struggle with. If you're involved in athletics of any kind... You struggle with this, I think, or any, you know, wherever you work. Crude joking and foolish talk should not come out of the Christian's mouth and then drunkenness. Instead, he says that you are to be light in the darkness. You are to live differently. Now, avoiding these things are next to impossible for anybody. Maybe you can avoid some, but you may struggle with others. We all struggle with sin. The process of overcoming our struggles can be long, it can be hard, but one thing to remember is God still loves you. If you're a Christian, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to overcome your temptations and your struggles, whatever they may be. Temptations may not go away in your life, no matter what sin or one of these you struggle with, but through the Holy Spirit, you have the power to say no to that temptation. And so we imitate the Father by trusting the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us say no to the sins that we struggle with. And you see verses 5 and 6 is that warning that we are not to be deceived by the many people who are uh, telling us, oh, these aren't really sins, it's okay to do this. And Christians, we come to a point where we begin to compromise and compromise, and we push the line, and we push the line, and we push the line, and we come to a point where we have given up the whole store. At some point, we have to draw the line in the sand and say enough is enough. And we can do that in a loving way, we can do that in a gracious way, but we should not let the world deceive us into thinking any of these sins are okay or acceptable. Because Paul says that we will not inherit the kingdom of God if we are deceived by these empty words. 
And then 9 through 11, some closing words of encouragement here. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and true and right. Verse 10, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Essentially what the Apostle Paul is saying in the closing verses of of this section is that we need the word of God to be a lamp unto our feet. Like Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. If you want to live in the light, you need to follow the light. You need to love like Jesus, obey the word of God, and that way you will become a lighthouse to other people. Jesus says in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's the answer to all of our world's problems. The gospel. The darkness that seems to be engulfing our world can be pushed back by Jesus Christ and the church. When the church commits to imitating the Father, loving people like Christ loved people, obeying the word, then we can push back the darkness because we are a lighthouse to the world. We are a lighthouse to our community and to our world. This morning on this Father's Day, as we uh, close... Imitate God and only God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. We pray that through our struggles, through the temptations that we face each and every day on numerous occasions, that we would have a burning desire in our hearts To imitate our Father. Not because we have to. But because we want to. Because we love you so much. We want to look like you. We want the world to see you through us. Through the way we talk about other people. The way we talk to people. The way we act. The way we drive down the interstates. Father we want people to see Jesus. So help us to love and help us to obey. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.